The following sermon is by Stephen Tillis, pastor of Emanuel Baptist Church in Raleigh, North Carolina. Please visit us at 2100 Noble Road in Raleigh or on the web at ebcraleigh.com. And now, here's Pastor Steve. Church, let's take our Bibles this morning and turn to the book of Romans, chapter number 6. If you're visiting with us for the first time today or unfamiliar with that, um, that is in the New Testament. In every Bible, there's a pew Bible right there in front of you. In the seat back, you can open that up to the table of contents and find the book of Romans in the New Testament. And uh, as you're looking through each of the book, the large numbers are the uh, chapters and the smaller numbers are the actual verses. And so we want to find our place in Romans chapter number 6. Romans 6. I want to invite you today that um, whether you're a believer on the Lord Jesus Christ and a long-time member of this church, or maybe you're here today and you say, I, I really am an unbeliever. I'm, I'm not convinced of Jesus. Uh, you're welcome in this time, and this is for you. This time is around us together, right? Uh, you don't go to Starbucks and expect them to give you a cheeseburger. And church, I want you to understand that uh, people who are unbelievers don't come to the church and Expect for us to give them anything less than God's written Word. And so we want you to understand that uh, lost or saved, believer, unbeliever, or still skeptical, we're glad that you're here. And this time is for you and for us together. And we believe that uh, when we open this book, that it is the very words of God that He's speaking to us. And so when we uh, preach and teach from here, we don't give you our opinions we try our best not to have hobby horses and soap boxes. We try to open God's Word and read it, make sense of it, and explain it to the Lord's people. And we ask that God would do a work in all of our hearts today, saving and encouraging. Romans chapter number 6. I think you can see in the bulletin I was going to just do the first four verses, but I just want to read for the first seven verses. These are just some powerful Scriptures here in the New Testament. So... Read with me if you would, silently while I read aloud for us. Romans 6, verse 1-7. through 7. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may increase? May it never be. God forbid. How shall we who died to sin still live in it? Or do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into His death? Therefore we have been buried with Him through baptism into death, so that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have become united with Him in the likeness of His death, certainly we shall also be in the likeness of His resurrection. Knowing this, that our old self was crucified with Him, in order that our body of sin might be done away with, so that we would no longer be slaves to sin. For he who has died is freed from sin. Would you join me in a word of prayer as we begin today? Father, we come to You now and we thank You for this worship service together, for this great opportunity to gather together corporately and to listen to the Word of God read and to pray together and to give and to sing songs to Your glory and the goodness of Christ. 
We pray now and ask that the Spirit of God would be present in this room, working on all of our hearts, inside and out, Lord, that You would meet the need of every human heart. And we will give You glory and praise and honor for all that You do this day. For it is in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. So we've been uh, recently in a series here on the church and what is the nature of the church? What does the church look like? Who are we? What do we do? And uh, the last Sunday and this Sunday, we are speaking about uh, some people call the ordinances of the church or the sacraments of the church. And really, there are only two sacraments uh, concerning the church. And that just simply means those orders which were given directly from the very voice and mouth of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, one of those was the Lord's Supper. We looked at that last week. You might know that by communion, all right? Uh, the Lord's Supper. And this week, we want to talk about baptism. And wasn't it wonderful to have a great illustration of baptism to be able to begin today by actually putting a believing person under the water and raise them up to walk in newness of life because they have put their faith and confidence and trust in Jesus Christ alone. And so today, we want to speak about that a little bit from the Scripture. And so uh, let me just make maybe three or four points today for you from the text. The first one is this. Baptism for us signifies our relationship with God. Baptism signifies our relationship with God. For instance, in Matthew chapter number 28 and verse number 19, Jesus said, his last command to his church, go into all the world and preach the gospel, baptize, make disciples, and baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded. Again, the Apostle Paul in the New Testament, speaking to a corrupt church in Corinth, he said, listen, were you baptized in the name of Apollos or were you baptized in the name of Paul? And so you find there the idea is when we baptize somebody in the name of, it is more than just getting wet. It is more than just saying, I identify with that group. We are baptizing into the relationship of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. When we put somebody underneath the baptismal waters, it is a picture to all of the world that the work of the triune God, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit have done a saving work in our lives that only He could do. We were dead in our sins. We had scales on our eyes. We were going to eternal judgment. And along came somebody that told us about the great work of Jesus on the cross and about His resurrection. And from the decree of God and the accomplishment on the cross of Christ and the application of the Holy Spirit, we have been baptized or plunged into or immersed into a relationship with the eternal God of heaven. Amen? You may have come in here today and you may feel alone and ostracized and marginalized. You may feel like you don't have family or a friend in the world. But if you come by faith into Jesus Christ and believe on Him with all of your heart, instantly in your heart, you come into relationship with the triune God. You now have a Father in heaven. You may not have had the best Father. You may come from a background where you were beaten or abused or verbally put down. You may come from a background 
ground where you think of a father figure and all you can do is shudder and hurt and cry. But I want to assure you today, for those who have Christ as their Savior, they also have an eternal heavenly Father who is good and is merciful and is loving and is kind and glory to Him alone. He is on our side. Amen? And you may be an only child today. Or you may have brothers and sisters that you don't like today. My brother and I fought like cats and dogs growing up. One time my mom walked into the room on me and my brother. He's four years older than me, so don't judge me for this, but when you're fighting and your brother's four years older than you, you've got to have an equalizer. Amen? Can I get an amen on that? <laughs> now listen, for all of our young people in here today, you don't know what tapes are. But tapes used to come in these little tape cases, little plastic tape cases. My brother had me on the ground, some sort of full Nelson kind of thing. He was beating me up. I reached over on the ground, grabbed one of his Nirvana tape cases. Y'all don't even remember Nirvana, do you? Listen, man. <laughs> Smells like teen spirit in here. It's all I'm saying. Grabbed that tape case. Bam! Crushed him right on the head with it. I have no idea what kind of rabbit trail I'm going down there. But listen, don't fight like that. Glory to the Lord. My brother now is one of my best friends. He pastors in the state of Florida. We get along great, and the reason why is through the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm not sure what kind of brothers and sisters you have, but I want to tell you this. If you know Jesus, you've been baptized into the relationship not only with God the Father, but with God the Son, who is the greatest brother and will stick closer to you than a brother. And the sweet Spirit of God, who is not a force, right? This is not something from Luke Skywalker and Star Wars. The Holy Spirit is not a force. He's not an idea. He's not foaming at the mouth. He's not some kind of special language or holding snakes or those warm shivers you get up the back of your spine. He is none of that. He is alive and He is a person. And the Spirit of God teaches us and comforts us and helps us. And if you don't have that kind of relationship, I want to tell you that the people that are in this room that have been baptized into the relationship with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, they don't hold that above you. They don't condescend to you. They don't live as a part of some sort of Emmanuel Baptist Church country club. We love you. And we welcome you into the relationship so that you can leave here today knowing that you have been baptized and plunged and immersed into a relationship with the Lord. Amen? So Steve, where do you get that from the text? Well, you notice in verse number 3, or do you not know that you have all been baptized who have been baptized into Christ Jesus, have been baptized into His death. You see, Christ Jesus is the accomplishment of our salvation through His death and His burial and His resurrection. But then notice in verse number 4, therefore we have been buried with Him through baptism into death so that as Christ was raised from the dead, watch now, through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. If you were to back up to chapter number 5 and just read these first four or five verses with me. Therefore, having been justified, that simply means that all of our sins have been placed upon Jesus for atonement, that all have been justified by faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. There is the work of the Father and the Son, through whom also we have obtained our introduction by faith into the grace in which we now stand. And we exult in hope of the glory of God. And not only this, but we exult in our 
our tribulation, knowing that tribulation brings perseverance, and perseverance proven character, and proven character hope, and hope does not disappoint. Why? Because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who is given to us. When we baptize somebody into the waters, we are saying this person has come into a relationship with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. They have been baptized into the community and the fellowship of the Godhead. They have been baptized into a kind of love that no human being has ever given. The Bible says here in His love, not that we loved Him, but that He first loved us and gave Himself for it. Let me make a second point for you today from the text. Baptism baptism not only signifies our relationship with God, baptism signifies our union with Christ and His good news. Baptism signifies our union with Christ and His good news. Look back if you would at verse number uh, verse number 3. Or do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into His death. You see, there it is, the death of Christ upon the cross. And then, therefore, we have been buried. There is the burial, the death and the burial, and now the resurrection. The good news of Jesus is this, with Him through baptism into death, so that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. Brothers and sisters, and all of you that are here today, I want you to understand that when we place somebody under the water and we raise them up to walk again, we are not saying this signifies what you have done. We are not saying this signifies your good work and your good life and how smart you are and how much education you have and how much money you have in the bank and what kind of family pedigree you have. When we put somebody under the water, we say you are identifying and you are coming into union with what God has done for you. That's what baptism does. It identifies us and brings us into union with Jesus Christ and His good news of His death and His burial and His resurrection. You see, we believe that Jesus Christ is God's Son. And that human beings from the time of Adam all the way up to this Sunday morning, all around the world, that human beings are sinners against God. And maybe you're here today and you're an unbeliever and you say, hey, that rubs me the wrong way. I know it rubs me too the wrong way. But I want all of us to understand that we lie and we cheat and we steal and we're disobedient to our parents and we gossip and we have terrible relationships. And the reason why the world is broken, the reason why nations can't get along, the reason why people kill each other, the reason why all of that happens is because not from something that's from the outside, but something that's from the inside. You see, it's not what comes into a human being that corrupts them. It is what comes out of a human being that corrupts not only ourselves, but the world. And left to ourselves, we will die in our sins and go to an eternal judgment in hell forever. And nobody wants to talk about that. Most of all, me. But I want you to understand that God had mercy on us, sent His Son into the world to take all of the punishment that belongs on Stephen Tillis into His own body on the cross, die for me, and was raised again so that if I put my faith and trust in Him, 
all my sin would be washed away. And I would be given eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Baptism has this beautiful symbolism in it. You see, when we go down into the baptistry waters, now I'll tell you in a minute that it has a second meaning. So the water is in some ways a purification. It is a washing. It symbolizes, and we'll get to that. It washes away the sin. But when we baptize, I want you to understand that the water is meant to be a symbolizing of judgment. The reason why death exists in the world is because sin is in the world. Had there never been any sin, there would have never been any death. And don't you understand, the reason why the grave could not hold Jesus was because there was no sin in Jesus. He was perfect and righteous and holy. And when He died for our sins, He took all of our sin and all of our shame into Himself. He went down into the death and the destruction of the grave And what we could never do for ourselves, Christ did alone in the dark, lonely grave. He took all of your sin, died for it, so that if you put your trust in Him, you too could be raised to walk in newness of life. You see, when that person goes down into the water, they are saying, because of my sin, one day I'll have to lay in the dirt. And when we pull them up out, We're saying because Christ did what no human being could do, came up out of the grave. When I bring myself into union with Him and what He has done, I am not banking on myself. I am saying because Jesus has the power to get up, He will give me that power because I'm trusting in Him. I hope that maybe some of my seasoned believers in this room will also find some encouragement in baptism today, not only looking back to the cross and the resurrection, but I hope that you will look forward to the coming of Jesus. Every time we lay one of our members to rest, Every time I'll do a graveside service and there's that, uh, the pretty flowers are there and the casket is laid there. And after we've said some words and we've prayed and the funeral director will often say, this concludes our time together. Please take as long as you wish. And time and time again, people will start to move away. And a lot of times a spouse or a loved one or a child will remain and stay. And there's a longing and a loss and a hole in our heart because we know no, that's not the way that it should be. Death has won the day. The grave has won the day. And down goes the casket into the ground. Here is the great comfort for every believer in this room. The next time you see a, a casket go under, you remember this, because Christ went down in the grave and rose again, one day so will your loved one. If they are believers in Jesus Christ alone. All that brings great joy to my heart. To know that my loved ones who have trusted Christ are not some, not in some ethereal spirit world state. They are alive and well with Jesus Christ. And one day I shall know them as they are known. And they will be raised to walk in newness of life. Quickly I'll say this just about that and move on. There are some people in this room right now and you're 
heart has been darkened for a long time. You may have been in church in and out. You may know everything that I'm saying, but somehow right now, for the first time, it's beginning to make sense. And you're listening to that, that, that preacher with a loud voice, but look past me and look to the truth. I'm telling you that Jesus is God's own Son, that He died for you and He rose again. And if you just stop fighting, just give up, just come to Him and say, you know what? I've been looking at other religions. I've been looking at myself. I've been spending all of my effort and my time and my money trying to fill a hole in my heart that I cannot seem to fill. I'll come to Jesus. He will take you from that dark condition of your mind and bring light into your life and save you right where you are. Because He loves you like that. Let me make a third point. Baptism not only signifies our relationship with God, it not only signifies our union with Christ and His good news, but baptism signifies our purification from sin and guilt. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse number 11 says, And such were some of you, but you were washed by Christ. Such were some of us. And to all of our believers in here, just a word of application. If you ever start to become prideful and arrogant and mean and bitter and gossipy, I want you to understand the root of the problem is that you have forgotten that you were a terrible, hell-bound sinner just like everybody else in the world, and but by the grace of God, you'd still be in that condition. And so you ought to treat every human being on the planet with kindness and mercy and love. They deserve it. Not because of what they've done, but because of what Christ has done. Let, let our hearts... Listen, there are lost people in this room right now, maybe even visiting here for the first time. I, I'm not sure. I can't see everybody today. But they, they, all they've been exposed to when it comes to believers is mean people. And I'm telling you, if there ought to be any humble people in the world, if there ought to be any people in the world that have mercy and kindness and righteousness, it ought to be God's people that walk not in the haughtiness of our own soul of what we have done, but we walk in the mercy and the light of what Jesus has done for us. Such were some of us, but we were washed. I want you to know today, I want you to be encouraged as a believer when we baptize somebody, that water doesn't save, but that water signifies. It takes a picture. It shows you that you go down into the water. Now, now, thankfully, a person I baptized today, they were clean when they came down into the water. <laughs> Amen? But if it was a true scene of baptism, we would all come into the baptistry waters dirty and smelly and stinky. I was training a young preacher one time. We, I was telling somebody about this. We was training a young preacher. We were doing baptism. I was showing him how. And so the only way to learn as a young preacher is to actually get in the baptistry and try and dunk people for a little bit. And I told him, I said, now listen, when you're in the baptistry, you're in close quarters. So make sure you've put in like four or five mints into your mouth and washed your teeth that day so you don't like give that person, you know, burnt eyebrows from bad breath. All right. Again, I don't know where that rabbit trail was going, but listen to all I'm saying. You get down in the water. You're dirty. And when we put people under the water, it's a signifying that all of my sin and all of my guilt and all of my shame, and hear me clearly today, 
Maybe you're here and you say, man, I, I really am not into that Christianity thing, but you can at least identify. You can meet me at this lowest common denominator right here. You have skeletons in your closet that you wish and hope nobody ever finds out about, don't you? You've said things and done things and thought things and you wish to God that nobody in the world would ever have the key to unlock that closet in your mind. You know that. You've had thoughts before that you'd like to kill somebody. And many of you in here, oh no, of course not. You've been so angry at somebody that it's crossed your mind. Sure. Let me tell you something. You've reached a place in this room of honesty. You've done things and seen things. And you know down deep in your heart that you have some guilt and some shame and some baggage. And I just want to tell you, you can hold on to that yourself. You can try and cover it up and put a rag, and put, a, put a carpet over it. You can live all your life with a smile. But if you don't deal with it, it'll kill you and you'll spend an eternity in judgment. Or you could give up right now. Right where you are. Listen, you don't need to wait. We have a response time at the end of the service. We do. And I want to invite you for that. But right now, you don't need to wait on me. You don't need to stand up. You don't want to wait for somebody to bring you down. Right now, if what I'm speaking to you is truth in your heart and you're thinking about the things that you hope nobody ever understands or knows, I just want to encourage you right now in your mind, don't even have to close your eyes. Speak to God. If He's dealing with your heart, talk to Him right now. God, if you're there, I, He's right. The Bible's right. I've got all kinds of guilt and shame and baggage. Come to me and take this away. Baptism pictures, signifies purification from sin, forgiveness from guilt. Let me give you one more. Baptism signifies the work of the Holy Spirit in us. John 1 and verse number 33. And John the Baptist is baptizing, and you know, hey, listen, if you guys ever think, man, preacher, you, you're a little harsh, uh, hey, just match me against John the Baptist, and y'all think I'm the sweetest boy that ever came to preach, all right? John the Baptist had some guys that came down to join the church, and he said, y'all a bunch of vipers, get out of here. It's in the Greek, it's something like that, all right? John the Baptist is baptized. He said, hey, listen, there's coming one after me who will not only just baptize with water, but he baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And the person of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit of God, is involved in our baptism. And when we come up, we are sealed by Him until the day of redemption and the return of Jesus Christ. I want to encourage you today to see the picture of baptism that we gave earlier this morning and to think clearly about the Gospel of the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Let me give you a couple of words of teaching here and we'll finish up for this morning. So we're talking about the church. Here are three questions that I commonly get. Who can be baptized at Emmanuel Baptist Church? Who can be baptized? Baptism in the Scripture is always for believers. John the Baptist said, repent and be baptized. Acts chapter number 2, the Apostle Peter is preaching. He says, repent and be baptized. Acts chapter, Acts chapter 9, Acts chapter 8, 
Philip is preaching to the eunuch, and he looks down, he sees a body of water, he says, what hinders me from being baptized? And the early church puts him there for you, if you believe with all of your heart. All of the Gospels and all the epistles teach us that baptism is for believers. They say, well, is baptism something that will uh, help me out and that will get me into heaven? No. I'm baptized because it's what my family does. No. It's baptism because I think it will just give me a turn over a new leaf and a new day in my life. No. Baptism always follows believing in Jesus Christ. Why? Because baptism signifies as a sign of what you have believed in your heart so that when you go under the water, it is not saving you. It is saying, this is what I believe Jesus did for me. Who can be baptized believers? Well, this follows from that. When should you be baptized? <laughs> After your conversion to Jesus Christ. Now hear me clearly. We, this church is great. We got, we got an eclectic bunch of people in this church come from all kinds of different denominations and backgrounds and ethnicities. And, uh, you know, I've got, I've got people that have come to me before and said, listen, I grew up in a Methodist church. I grew up in a Lutheran church. I grew up in an Episcopalian church. And I was, I was baptized as a child or I was dedicated as a child. And what about all of that? And I, that's not for nothing. And my parents were dedicated and loved. And I just want to say to you, praise God for that. Amen. And we, we don't throw that under the bus. We don't, we don't marginalize that. We don't say that that doesn't have a value in the kingdom of God. All we simply say is, thank God that your mom and dad or those that are in your life were wanting to bring you along the way sustained by the teaching of God until you came to the place in your life where you were ready, truly ready to say, I am a sinner and I'm in need of Jesus and I'll believe on Him with all of my heart. Once you have made that decision, that is the moment of conversion. And genuine Bible baptism only comes after salvation because it demonstrates to the world what has already transacted in your heart. Alright, who can be baptized? When does that happen? Here's another one. And I'll... Uh, See if I can just say a few words about this. How should you be baptized? Well, we are a Baptist church. You realize that, right? We dunk people here. That's what we do. Let me talk to you a moment about baptism. Um, at this church, we say the placement of your baptism is what's most important. Not before conversion, but after conversion. The mode of baptism or the method of baptism is a second tier understanding here. And so what we mean by that is at this church, we preach and teach dunking, right? Because, and I'll get to that in a minute, to baptize means to immerse or to put under or to dip. And we believe that it pictures the gospel well of the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we do believe that the closest model to the New Testament is putting people under the water and raising them back up. And so what you need to know is that this church, we teach and preach and live and just like we did today, our normal modus operandi in this church is that we dunk people under the water and bring them back up saying, in uh, walk in newness of life. Buried with Him in the likeness of His death, raised to walk in newness of life. But we want you to understand that what's most important 
is not so much the method, although we preach and teach that, and we believe that's the closest thing to the New Testament model, but what's most important is that you have been baptized after you have believed in Jesus Christ. You say, Steve, now, now why would you hold that kind of mediating position? Well, so the predominant usage of the word baptize in the New Testament does mean to dip or to put under or to immerse. That's what the word means by and large most times in the New Testament. However, there are a few times where that Greek word to baptize does not mean to dip or to plunge. It simply means to wash. For instance, when the Lord Jesus and His disciples were walking there in the field and the Pharisees said, Hey, how dare those guys eat with unwashing hands? What it means is with unbaptized hands. It's not talking about putting your whole self under the water. It just means to wash and be made clean. Uh, another case for why we believe in baptism by immersion is we would say that it is a close picture of the gospel of the death and the burial and the resurrection. And that is absolutely right. And that's one of the reasons why we hold to that. It is a great picture illustration of the death, burial, and resurrection. However, really, water baptism by dunking only gets maybe two aspects of the gospel, right? The burial and the resurrection. It doesn't show the crucifixion. And if you were to read the book of Hebrews, you would find multiple times that it talks about being sprinkled for the washing away of sins. Being sprinkled clean just as Moses sprinkled the blood upon the mercy seat in the Old Testament. So you have been sprinkled. You have been washed by the water. Why do we hold to water baptism the way we do? Well, we do believe that it's the strongest evidence and the closest model for putting people to the Gospel under the water and raised again. I've also heard people say sometimes, well, what about, uh, what about where it says they went down into the water and they came back up? Well, that is true. And that's one of the evidences for the way we do what baptism. We go down into the water, we plunge people under, and we come back. However, somebody might astutely point out to you that if you read those passages carefully in John and in Acts, you will find that baptism is something that takes place once they actually get into the water not the going in and the coming out. So, as a church, we hold to baptism by immersion. We believe that it's the widest usage of that word in the New Testament. We believe that it is the closest picture of the Gospel. And we do believe that there holds good precedent in church history and in the Bible for immersing people this way. But we also want you to understand I don't want anybody to walk away from here saying, I've been baptized, I'm okay. I've been baptized, I'm okay. You're not. Baptism must follow conversion to Jesus Christ our Lord. And so I want to say to every person in this room right where you are, what is your relationship with Jesus right now? I didn't ask if you're a member of a church or signed a card or have been sincere or have even been dunked in somebody's water. I'm asking you, do you know for certain right now that if you were to walk out of these doors and die today, that you would meet the Lord Jesus Christ in heaven and say, I am here because I've put my faith in Jesus Christ alone. If you don't know that, none of this other stuff will help you.
and we would invite you and love for you to be dunked as a beautiful picture of baptism, but only in so much as you have believed in your heart that God has raised Christ from the dead on your behalf. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes for a minute? This is a time of response. In a moment, we'll stand and sing together. Our heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Listen, if you're visiting or new to this, we're not going to do anything crazy. I'm not asking you to do all this kind of stuff. I'm just saying, just why don't you reflect right where you are. Just, just spend a moment. Nobody's looking around at you. If you're in this room today and you say, I do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ whereby He has paid for my sins and I have received Him as my Lord and Savior, I want to encourage you right where you are, you talk with Him. Confess your sin and ask Him to be the Lord of your life. And He will. When this day is over, come and see me. Talk to me. I want to help you walk with the Lord Jesus. To every believer in this room, my prayer today is that through the visual baptism that you saw earlier and the teaching on baptism today, that you will walk closer and remember your conversion. And that you'll go out and seek to tell other people what Jesus Christ has done for us. You've been listening to Stephen Tillis, pastor of Emmanuel Baptist Church in Raleigh. For more information and free access to other messages, please visit us at ebcraleigh.com.